This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We did a lot of baseball yesterday. We could continue with the baseball today, but I do want to start with the football. And I know we discussed it last night as well, but it continues to be a story here. Two things. And it's the quarterback situation for both these New York teams. You know, the Giants, the, the if you step back and think about this, think about how absurd it is to think that Daniel Jones is worth 40 million bucks. Now, I'm not saying that that's what he's going to get and, you know, the Giants have to pay it, whatever it may be. And I'm not saying that, you know, he's not good enough to be here with the Giants. But let's think about the entire body of work from what we've seen from Daniel Jones. And really, it's one decent year. And obviously, the results were good getting into the postseason, winning a postseason game, division around all that. We all know that. But we're talking about the individual quarterback, a quarterback who we've evaluated now for four years, and you can talk about the lack of offensive line or the lack of weapons around him, and that's you know fine, and we, we understand all that. But now we're supposed to just all of a sudden be okay with the idea that you're going to fork over 40 million bucks or more, or whatever it is per year, to a guy who had one decent year and to me was more of a product of the coaching staff. It was more about the system and Brian Dable than it was about Daniel Jones. And I'm not, look, I like Daniel Jones. He's fine. I do not think he is a quarterback that you could pay north of 35 million bucks a year. Now you want to say, Oh, well, what about 37? I guess you could live with that, but I'm, he's not the guy that I'm going all in for on a franchise, especially now where you look at the giants here They had a great season, overachieved, or exceeded all expectations. If they don't want to use the word overachieved, fine. Exceeded all expectations. And now you have a quarterback that is going to be making close to $40 million a year, potentially north of $40 million a year, that we still don't know if he's any good. 
We still don't know that. I want to see, and March 7th, I believe, is the date, I, which we're approaching you know, soon here. I want to see if, in fact, Daniel Jones is going to get other offers or what kind of offers, because you assume other teams will be involved in, you know, on trying to bring him in. There are quarterback needy teams. But, I, hey, look, the Jets are one of them. Let's say Daniel Jones hits the open market. Would the Jets be interested in Daniel Jones? Or would they prefer still Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr or whoever else? Where would Jones be on that list? To me, it's very intriguing to find out who would be interested in Jones and at what price. See, Jones and his team think that he should be paid like some of the better quarterbacks in a league. And whether it's 40, 45 million, I mean, I think you got to be nuts to pay Daniel Jones that type of money. I don't care where the league is going. I don't care what other guys make. I'm just going based on Daniel Jones. Where Daniel Jones' value comes in for the Giants is if they can get him at a reasonable number. If you start bringing him into the next category of quarterbacks, then you have to step back and say, hey, is it worth it to give this guy who was bad for three years, good for one year, and really is a product of this system, is it worth it to pay him this contract now where you don't really know how good he is because he hasn't done it consistently? He said one year. What if it was a fluke? And when you start getting into the $40 million range, you could now start involving better players. So why, if I'm the Giants, am I paying Daniel Jones that ridiculous number? The answer is, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it. 35, 32, fine. I'm not going more than that. And it's not that it's disrespectful towards Jones. I mean, look, his play is a part of it. You have to look at the body of work. And you have to look at, in comparison, what you can get for that dollar amount. But it's also about where the Giants are in their rebuild, which is year two here with Joe Shane and Brian Dable. Don't let the results of year one fool you. And it's not only year two of a rebuild where they obviously have a lot of holes to fill. They have a long way to go before they get to a legitimate level like the Niners, like the Eagles. Yeah, they got the, the you know, obviously they play divisional round weekend, but they're not there yet. So it's a combination of a team that's still in the midst of a an early rebuild. Oh, and by the way, how are you supposed to get better elsewhere if you're paying Daniel Jones that much? It just doesn't work like that. I know the Giants want him back. I'm assuming he wants to be back. And, and maybe much is being made of nothing here where it's just your normal average contract negotiations. Jones wants so-and-so. The Giants think he's valued at so-and-so. Maybe they meet in the middle, and maybe this is no big deal. But even if they do, I still have questions about what Daniel Jones is going to be. It changes when you're off. When the quarterback's off the rookie contract, things change. And he's looked at in a different way. You're going to need him to play at a higher level, at a level that we haven't seen yet. 
And by the way, paying Daniel Jones, whether it is on the franchise tag or whatever, long-term contract, that may mean the end of Saquon Barkley, which is his only weapon, his best weapon. I get that they're going to replace him, which is something you do you know, through the draft, obviously, and you're going to need to get wide receivers. Hey, look, the Giants have a lot of holes, so that's the point, but... Now you're making Daniel Jones the face of the franchise? Are you sure this is the guy? Are we certain this is the guy? Could be making a huge mistake here. Another year or short, you know, franchise tag, I can live with it. See what he does. See, that to me is probably the most logical thing that the Giants could do. And I get that there's reasons they don't want to do that because of the limitations you would then have with the cap space, because that's a hard $32 million. So fine. I could understand the negatives to that. However, the positives are you don't have to commit long-term to him, and you have your quarterback this year, but more importantly, you get to evaluate Daniel Jones another year. An opportunity to see if he could be consistent. An opportunity to see... What Daniel Jones can do in, you know, it's it's obviously year five for him, but in year two under this system, can he take another step forward? Hard for me to sit here and justify paying Jones or anybody in this exact situation that type of money where he's only proven himself for one year. And I view it, and if I view it, that means other people do. It's not just me on an island by myself. Now, some people think that Jones is a great quarterback. They thought that before. Some people are probably like, eh, I don't know. I'm still a little skeptical. So I view it as more of a, a result of the coach and Brian Dable, which means if Joe Shane and Dable find a quarterback that they like in the draft, and, you know, again, who knows if they're willing to trade up, if they could find one later in the draft, whatever, first, second round. If they find their own quarterback, who's to say that they couldn't turn him into a quarterback of the future, a franchise quarterback, and maybe do it sooner and have him succeed on a rookie deal while the rest of the team comes along? It's just, it gets to a point where, all right, Jones needed to prove himself in year four. He did. Under Brian Dable, he was good. Giants are happy. Franchise quarterback this, franchise quarterback that. They make the playoffs. They win a playoff game. Then it comes contract time, and the Giants clearly want him back. It sounded like he wanted to be there. And then all of a sudden, the record skips, and you have a quarterback that is now asking or reportedly wants in the neighborhood of 40 $45 million bucks a year, and that is something the Giants have to step back and say, well, we wanted you, we li- well, we do want you, we like you, we believe in you, but not at that number. And something's got to give. And for me, the bottom line with it is, I trust Joe Shane and Dable, obviously Dable too, but Joe Shane's the one you know, who's got to build this team. Collaborative effort, I understand all that. Dable coaches, Joe Shane should be leading the way as far as personnel goes and building the roster up. I trust Joe Shane not to be reckless. I trust Joe Shane not to get caught up in the sentimental aspect of it, whether it's Saquon Barkley, as great a player as he is, as great a giant as he could be. You have a set value that you have on running backs, and that's that. And same thing with Daniel Jones, where, you know what? 
if option one is bringing Daniel Jones back and he's reluctant to come back at the number that you want, then maybe you move on to option two. It's not like the Giants are in a spot where they have to have Daniel Jones back, otherwise the franchise is going to fold. No, you just go in a different direction. Either way, they're kind of in the same spot where they're not going to be expected to win a ton of games next year. Fans have to be realistic. I know where they're at coming off of last year. But remember, the schedule's going to get more difficult. If you're paying Jones you know, a ton of money, now it becomes more difficult to build a team. Giants are going to have, and basically Dable was bracing everybody for that, both Shane and Dable kind of bracing everybody for that, saying that, hey, we made it here. You know, It's not easy. It's not easy to get back to that point. So if you go with a rookie quarterback next year, let's say, or you draft a rookie and start with a you know go with a cheaper veteran, you could still be in basically the same spot. There are a lot of quarterbacks out there that could throw for fifteen touchdowns, and they don't cost forty million bucks or more a year. Now that's the part on the Giants with the Jets. You know the talk about Derek Carr. We, we touched on it, the, the Hall of Fame stuff. Here's what would scare me. The Jets is what scares me. I don't think the Jets have a clue. Aaron Rodgers is the guy that I want. I hope that Aaron Rodgers is the guy that they want first. But when you start hearing them talk nonsense about first ballot Hall of Famer, if you come to New York, I mean, you guys got to come back down to earth here. Come on. Derek Carr, Hall of Famer, that's crazy talk. And I wouldn't even be interested in Carr, period. But to try to say that, oh, you'd be a Hall of Fame quarterback here, yeah. No, more realistically is you'd be run out of town for throwing too many interceptions. That's the reality. You come to New York, you're likely going to be run out of town for throwing too many picks. You better bring your A game. You plan on playing here, big boy. That's the reality. That's why I want Aaron Rodgers. I know what I'm getting. Derek Carr, first ballot Hall of Famer. What are you kidding me? Insulting every quarterback ever with that one. But the one thing is that we know with certainty the Jets, doesn't matter who the general manager is, they have not been able to find a quarterback. Period. End of story. Joe Douglas, I'm supposed to trust him. Oh, we love Derek Carr. Yeah, we love Derek Carr. Going to be first ballot Hall of Famer if he came here. We believe he could be the guy to get us to a Super Bowl. You also believed, let me just go back and check, Yeah, you also believe Zach Wilson was a franchise quarterback. Well, how's that looking for you? Quarterback situation in this town. Football teams were much better this year. Obviously, the Giants carried the torch getting into the postseason. But there's still major question marks here. One, with how much one quarterback is going to cost to bring in. Two, which quarterback is the other team going to bring in? And do we trust them to make the right decision? I trust Joe Shane to do right by the Giants. I'm not so sure I trust the Jets to do right at the quarterback position. 877-337-6666. We'll get to your calls on either side. Baseball, of course, always the topic here as the Mets and Yankees continue their spring training. You know, Judge moving to left field, potentially. Stanton in right field. Do you like that for the Yanks? Where do they work in? Well, Mayhew. You know, Boone uh, Boone 
going out there, applying that data, talking about Josh Donaldson going to have a bounce back year. Cashman uh, falling short of a left fielder. You know, obviously that the Yankees left themselves short a little bit. Still some time to go. Here's so what, 34, 33 days out. The Mets, uh, of course, continue on with their spring. How big of a year does Pete Alonso have to have? I mean, there's a lot of storylines there as well. You know, Starling Marte could be one. I was talking with Andy Martino yesterday on Baseball Night in New York, talking about how Starling Marte coming off of the groin surgery could be something to watch here. Look, it, the, the Mets need Starling Marte. I mean, make no mistake about it. I know Alonzo is the guy who endured other guy in that lineup. Marte's got to be that third big bat, that impact bat. And if not, you saw what happened last year in September where the Mets coughed up that division to the Braves and obviously struggled in the postseason as well. Got some hockey stuff to get to, a lot to get to as we go to 5 a.m. on this now Thursday morning. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get the discussion started. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. I'm telling you now, if nobody calls, I'm going home. Fleeks, you could take over. I ain't dealing with this crap all night. 877-33. I'm in a bad mood anyway. <laughs> Fleeks is training. We got Manny back with us. We got Fleeks on the other side. Um, 877-337-6666. Uh, you had some news with hockey yesterday. I'll get into the baseball a little bit later. Where Patrick Kane, Larry Brooks of the Post, reporting that the Rangers are going to be in on Patrick Kane. And that is a big name. Look, you know it's a, a big name if I've heard of him before. If he doesn't play for the Rangers. Basically, my knowledge is Rangers and a little bit of the Islanders uh, with hockey at this point. I used to know every team. And you know why I used to know every team? NHL 93, NHL 94, NHL 95, Sega Genesis. Grew up playing that. And you would know all the guys across the league. Goalies, uh, you know, center. Oh, you, you na- I can name them all back then. Now I'm not as well versed around the league. But obviously Patrick Kane is a name where... Every hockey fan knows. And it didn't sound like a situation that was going to be promising, especially after the Rangers got Tarasenko, where you had the, you know, it felt like, okay, well, that's their big move. How are they going to fit him on this team, uh, you know, under the cap? Kane obviously has to waive his no-trade clause. If the Rangers could go get him uh, and make it work, boy, that would be something. I know he hasn't been, you know, himself in, you know, obviously this year and maybe dealing with, you know, not wanting to be there long-term. Obviously knows it's not going to work out with the Blackhawks. The best days are behind him. But maybe you find a little bit of rejuvenation from Patrick Kane. And he did sound disappointed after the Rangers got Tarasenko, where Kane was saying that, 
you know, he wanted to, he was excited about the thought of potentially playing for the Rangers. That would be, if they could get him, oh man. Now, bottom line is they still got to get Igor Shesterkin going. And then we can, you know, see if the Rangers can make a cup run. I don't care if they get Kane or not. If Igor is not being Igor, then the Rangers are going to be in trouble. And speaking of which, you know, we were talking a little bit about the Islanders yesterday. Well, the Islanders with a nice win at UBS Arena over the Jets, who made the Rangers look bad on Monday. Uh, Sorokin has been a stud. And, uh, you know, he's been the better goalie of him and Shesterkin. This year, it's been Sorokin, and he's carrying the Islanders. <laughs> no, please want to hear more. He's been the better goalie. Uh, I hate to say it. It pains me to say it as a, a Ranger Come on, fan. you're the big Islander fan yeah, at the station. No, I know. I know. People still getting on it. I had a kid, this guy Jackson that I worked with at SNY. I, I was talking about, um, I forgot. He, oh, no, it was about Kane. And then he goes, oh, I was like, well, Shesterkin, he's got to do his job. Otherwise, the Ranger are in trouble. He goes, oh, don't you mean Sorokin? And he's busting my chops. I'm like, Jackson, you weren't even, I've been a Ranger fan before you were born. You were born in 99. I've been a Ranger fan long before you were born. I saw a cup before you were born. I am a Ranger fan all the way. Although March 25th, I will be taking my nephew to a game at the owner's suite at UBS Arena. So on that day, I don't know. We might be rooting for Sorokin. Anyway, um, Sorokin does his job. Islanders, you know, start to separate themselves a little bit in the postseason picture. And I'll tell you, it will be great. I know it's early to get into the hockey um, postseason trade deadline is March third, right? Fleegs, I believe that Friday. I'm pretty sure I, that, uh, that's what uh, the deadline is. Um, I know it's early for the hockey season or hockey postseason talk, but you have the Islanders, Devils, Rangers all in the postseason picture, which is, I mean, that's all you could ask for from our standpoint. They get, I want all three in. I love it, Rangers. And in a Devils first-round matchup, give me a Rangers-Islanders second-round matchup. And then Rangers, let's take out the Leafs. Let's say the Rangers take out the Leafs on the way to the Stanley Cup. That's exactly what I would want. Wes, who cares who's there? 877-337. Oh, look, the phones are working. 877-337-6666. Gerald is calling from Clifton, New Jersey. Good morning, Gerald. Hey, how are you doing? How are you, Gerald? I'm great. Just driving around right now. Okay, what's on your mind? Uh, so I was just wondering, like, um, the Daniel Jones situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the Giants do end up paying him the big money, you know, like, I'm just curious, like, your thoughts on what's going to happen with Saquon, if we should keep him, or, like, what do you think? Well, I think Saquon is going to be a goner, especially if the Giants have to franchise tag Daniel Jones. If they put that tag on him, it is going to limit what they could do elsewhere. And it seems clear to me that Barkley, the Giants are not going to budge on what they want to pay Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I agree. Uh, oh, sorry, Gerald, too much background noise there, so we had to let you go. But uh, I think that Barkley values himself as one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the game, as anyone should. But when you start to look at the numbers, I, I can't imagine the Giants, and Joe Shane seems to be pretty firm on this, just from you know what we can gather here the Giants are, are going to extend themselves. It, the difficult spot that you have is it's not just any running back. It's Saquon Barkley, who you love being a face of the franchise, not just what he does on the field, but you love him being a face of the franchise. So there's the, you know, the Giant fan loves Saquon Barkley, such a good guy, easy to root for, and obviously explosive playmaker and very impactful on the field. But to me, 
it's more about valuing or wanting to pay for a running back. If you pay, and again, we're talking about the cap stuff, which I'm not an expert on the salary cap stuff. Don't pretend to be. I'm just going based off the stuff that I read and hear. Well, if you're going to pay Daniel Jones $32 million on the franchise tag, how are you going to build a better team if you also pay Saquon Barkley you know, $12 bucks or $16 bucks or whatever it is per year? The Giants are well. Giants want to pay twelve and a half million for Barkley, and I think he wants, you know, sixteen or something like that. And the Giants are not even going to budge to meet in the middle, which who knows if Barkley would even accept that. So there's a lot there, but I've, I I'm starting to get the sense that the Giants are not going to retain Saquon Barkley. And I'll tell you this: unless Barkley comes down to their price, I would be surprised if he's still a giant next year. 877-337-6666. Vinny is in Newburgh. What's up, Vinny? Sal, big fan. How you doing? Thank you, Vinny. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm just, I'm an Uber driver. I just did my last trip. I'm on my way home, and I heard you say, if nobody calls in, I'm, at, I'm out of here. I am. So I'm I, going I, home. I'm not talking <laughs> to myself for five hours. No, I don't care. No, well, then that's why I called, and because and, I don't want you to go home. I love listening to you. I anyway, appreciate that, Vinny. Thank you. I, uh, let's talk a little bit about Daniel Jones and maybe a little bit about uh, Josh Hart and the Knicks. Sure. Um, I, you know, Daniel Jones, I, I, li- I like him, obviously. He's progressed so much um, in the time he's been here. But, like you said, I mean, $40 million is just it's like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I want him to be a $40 million guy. Don't get me wrong. But right. That's See, that's the money, thing. But... You're right. You don't mind paying him. It's not necessarily the $40 bucks. It's that he's not a $40 million a year quarterback. That's the problem. Not, not yet. Not yet. Right. And I think so if he has another... You... Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, if he has another year like he did this year and maybe even progresses a little bit more, then you know what? I'm all in. Give him $40 million. That's why. That's why I think the franchise tag might be the best play, even though I know it hurts them in certain areas. Because, I don't understand. because it gives you another, well, well, because if the if it is a franchise tag that cannot be maneuvered, it's a hard thirty two million that you're going to have to work around and figure out how you're going to spend whatever little money you have left to help the team. If you sign them to a long term deal, there are ways you can maneuver the money, let's say from this year to year two or year three or year four and have it help you out now where you're in a worse cap situation than maybe you'll be in year two, three, or four. Right. Let me ask you another thing. I saw earlier, I think uh, Daniel Jones's total QBR for this season was the sixth best. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that, that, what other metric can you go by to see who it – I mean, I guess there's so many metrics, but right – but that's a pretty good metric to say who's the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Total QB, uh, QB, uh, QBR, QBR yeah. over the season. I mean, and he was sixth. Yeah. I mean, look, Daniel Jones, the way I would put it, and I've said this many times, we've debated this, I think he is top 15. So he's the top half of quarterbacks in the league. But that doesn't mean that you can't draft somebody that's better. I mean, Think about the Giants' window. They're realistically, Vinny, and thank you so much for taking the time to call. I really do appreciate it, and I appreciate you listening as well. Think about where the Giants are at. Realistically, they are not a Super Bowl-winning team. They are not even a division-winning team. I mean, unless something happened with Jalen Hurts next year, Giants aren't better than the Eagles. They're not even as good as the Cowboys. 
They have ways to go, and they know it. Giant fans may not want to hear it. You may not know it, but they do know it. Joe, Shane, Brian, Dable know it. Now, it doesn't mean that anything couldn't happen year to year, but the reality is they're not on that level yet. So if they're not on that level yet, and they're in year two of a rebuild, what's the harm in drafting a young quarterback? And having them on the same timeline as the rest of your team. Draft your own guy. Because even the Bills now, you know, when Allen's contract kicks in, they are going to have a a more difficult time building a loaded roster the way that they had the last couple years. I hate the idea of the salary cap and the restrictions. It just makes it so much more difficult. I get why they do it. And to me, there's too much parity in the league. I'd rather have a little more dominance from, you know, the whatever organization. It doesn't have to be a perennial, a, you know, a, a mainstay. could be whoever. But I'd rather have teams that, you know, the Chiefs, I think, are good for the NFL. A dynasty team. But I hate the idea that, okay, well, now let's say Giants believe in Daniel Jones. Now they got to pay him $40 bucks, but they're going to be hurt to try to build a team elsewhere. It shouldn't be like that. Now, it's like that for everybody. But that's why you get yourself into a situation where you're tied to your guy once you make that decision. And I can't make that decision firmly on Daniel Jones right now. Franchise tag, evaluate another year. If he does what he did last year, this year, or gets better because he's going to have to show another level to his game, then maybe you feel comfortable with the long-term contract. But even then, you're still now hoping to draft and develop young players who are going to contribute on rookie contracts. Like the Jets have, which is why it's important for the Jets right now to go out there and get a big-time, no-doubt-about-it quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, because then they could take advantage of paying the big-time quarterback and having a roster with a young wide receiver, a young running back, guys on the offensive line that aren't making a ton of money, obviously the defensive players as well. You got to, these windows and timelines with the salary cap, they're real. Ron is calling from Fort Greene. What's up, Ron? Hey, guys. Hi. I um, watched you on SNY tonight. SNY, yes. Well, thank SNY you. SNY tonight. You How and DJ oh, yeah. are, are great on that. And uh, thank you. I like that ep- the episode when you had your three greatest games. Oh, that yes. You went to. Yes. That was cute. I think he was over that young lady's head. Y'all was over that young lady's head, though. What do you mean? It was kind of funny. Oh, what? You, what do you, you think Michelle wasn't uh, listening to what we were saying? No, I think that you, you, your games you picked were great games. Mm. And I think y'all was over the, her head. Well, man, remember, she didn't, you know, I'm way older. She didn't have no answer I'm, for you. Yeah, I'm way older than Michelle. So uh, she might well, not have even been born during some of those and, games. You huh? know. We want to give her a chance. We want to give these young ladies a chance. I, I'm not saying nothing about that, but I think y'all was over there. No, I, I think what happened, actually, Ron, to tell the truth, to pull the curtain back a little bit, we didn't have enough time in the segment. Michelle was going to add something there at the end and then didn't uh, right. add a game because they were saying, because J.J. and I yeah, wouldn't shut our mouths. Yeah, but anyway, it was fun talking about it. And just for the record, because people may be thinking, well, what were the three greatest games you were ever at? I, I was at right. Super Bowl Forty Two. Giants beat the Patriots. That was number one. Mm-hmm. I had the Matt Franco game on there, which I thought was an excellent game back and forth. And then the Mets 
ended up beating the Yankees, and it was the first time they took two out of three. That was in July of 1999. And then the June 30th, 10-run, eighth inning for the Mets, they came back and finally beat the Braves. Those were the three best games that I think uh, I, I can right. remember being at. I was at, I'm old enough to be, that I was at the Reggie Jackson three-home run game. Yeah. At Yankee Stadium, the Yankee Stadium was. Yeah, rocking. I think I think Michelle was but, at that one too, uh, Ron. As a matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Yeah. I talked to JJ before on the radio too, but mm. well, I, I called you about Carlos Beltran, Beltran mm. being hired as a Met. Okay. What and about it? I remember Carlos Beltran very well, and all the Mets fans, all Mets fans do too. He was the one with the bat on the shoulder. Yeah, no, I, I get it. No, I, I, we gotta I don't mind them getting a second chance. I don't mind people getting a second chance. But I remember Carlos Beltran. Well, I hope he so. He was the we... one that was a, one of the cheating Astros. No, Beltran, Ron. See, and thank you for the call. Appreciate checking in, I think. Beltran was one of those guys that gets, to me, underappreciated by Mets fans. He, without question, was one of the greatest players to ever wear a Mets uniform. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Some people think he is the greatest position player to ever wear a Met uniform. I think you can make that case. And it was unfortunate where Beltron got hired as a manager and then obviously got fired before he even got started because of the whole cheating scandal thing. But I'm happy Beltron is back with the Mets. I feel like he belongs with the Mets. I know he was doing the Yankee stuff with the Yes Network last year, and that's fine. But he belongs in the game and really in the dugout. And he didn't give up, or at least he said, you know, yesterday or whatever it was now uh, that he spoke. Yeah, it was yesterday that he spoke uh, when he spoke to the media. He's not giving up on his dream of managing still. And you wonder, at least I was wondering, well, this is the first step obviously mending fences with Beltron, not only getting him back in the game, but within the Mets organization. You wonder if Beltron will eventually be the successor to Buck Showalter. You know, Buck's not going to do it forever. And if Beltron could stay in the Mets organization and maybe eventually transition to in-uniform even if it is in a part-time manner, I know Beltron had, I guess, opportunities to coach elsewhere. Didn't want to do that. But maybe with the Mets, it's different. Maybe he could become Buck's right-hand man and then take over when Buck is ready to retire after winning, you know, the next three championships in a row. Vin is calling from Matawan. What's up, Vin? Hey, Sal. How are you? Hi, Vin. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. You know, listen, you're always off point. A little bit of a bone to pick with you. I mean... To say that you already trust Joe Shane as compared to Joe Douglas seems ridiculous based off of, I mean, not only the last draft, but, you know, the the role and kind of the tide he's changed based on the dump that he was given from McCagnan. I mean, it's it just let in me, one season and one draft, it's tough to say that. Let me, let me clarify. I trust Joe Shane more to be disciplined handling the contracts specifically with Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones than I do the Jets' hierarchy to pick the right quarterback. That's, that's fair. That's fair. But I guess, like, you know, even within that, right? Like, I mean, 
something I don't think is ever brought up, and I, I just think is a good observation is they picked Zach Wilson, and they've had to pick. You know, if you look at Douglas's track record with the draft, a lot of the misses happened in the COVID seasons. I mean, the guy's a scout by trade. The guy's a scout by nature. He's got to send his team there. He's got to do the evaluations the way he has done them for, for 20 years with, you know, kind of the Ravens, the Eagles. I mean, he, he's a true scout. Um, I think he was hamstrung a little bit with the, with the Wilson pick. Yeah, that's fair. With and by, the, by the COVID way, I, season. I, like with him. The, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to point out what I, I think like, that that's no, going to the best. I like Douglas. For the record, Vin, I I like Douglas. I just, first of all, I'm having a little bit of fun with the Jets because they can't pick a quarterback. Of course. And I I actually like Douglas. And to be honest with you, I don't mind Wilson. I'm one of the few who have not called Wilson. No, I I know you're you're still a Wilson guy still. And I I, listen, I think that that's the same thing. I I don't know who he's going to be, but I'd say, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, it's, he's done it in these tough years, which, I mean, he kind of got screwed. If you really think about it, there's like two years there where he got a lot of those picks. Thank God he finally had a season where he had some extra picks. He finally had a year where he could do the full scouting on these guys. And I mean, hell, he's got two two guys. One guy won the, def- the defensive player of the year. One guy won offensive rookie of the year. The other guy would have been a contender for offensive rookie of the year had he stayed healthy. And Jermaine Johnson looks like he's trending upwards to be pretty damn good himself. So, yeah, we'll see. He, he, he had a hell of a draft. Uh, look, I like Douglas. I hope he's here for a very long time. I hope they get the quarterback situation figured out. And I kind of joke around. Now, I don't like Derek Carr, and I, I think the comments were ridiculous. I mean, even you, who was a Joe Douglas backer, and I don't know if Douglas said this specifically, but the idea that the Jets are telling him we think you could be a Hall of Fame quarterback, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback here. I mean, come on. That's idiotic. <laughs> You gotta get him here. You gotta get. You gotta get someone here. I guess that's 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 what he's doing. I, I would assume that it's more that than yeah, tongue in cheek. I mean, I, here, right? I, I don't know, but that was my issue. We just kind of making fun. But you're right, Vin. You bring up some good points, and thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in. You know, we don't know. Joe Shane is unproven so far. We got to see him have more drafts. It's impossible to evaluate a general manager just based off of one year, but. Something about the way that he operates, I trust him to be disciplined and not overdo it for Daniel Jones and also not get suckered into overpaying for a running back. I just get that feel. I could be wrong, but I, I feel like Joe Shane is confident and comfortable within his beliefs on how to build a team and is not going to bend for anybody for that. And with Joe Douglas, he's done a really nice job building this Jets team through the draft, but there's a long way to go. I mean, there is a long way to go. The Jets have to actually make the playoffs. And they have zero quarterback right now. The guy that they, you know, here's the other knock on Joe Douglas. Not only the guy that they drafted to be their franchise quarterback has been a total flop so far. It's the system that he put around him. A defensive-minded head coach. Rookie at that. Rookie offensive coordinator throwing them basically to the Wolves right out of the gate. To me, that's a messy situation. You put a guy in position to fail, and guess what he did? He failed. So those are all knocks on Joe Douglas. But I do believe Joe Douglas has an eye for talent and can build a team. I hope he gets more than this year, even if the Jets don't make the playoffs. And I want him to get Aaron Rodgers. I I hope we're all on the same page on that one. Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, I mean, who wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers over Derek Carr? I hope that they believe that. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. 
Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. This is number call going on five a.m. on this Thursday morning. Uh, I am not going to be on the overnight. Remember yesterday, Fleegs? We were just talking about the schedule, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be here the next three nights." Well, I got I got moved, so my schedule. Uh, I will not be on the overnight uh, and have to do the twelve to five tonight. I will be doing CBS Sports Radio on Friday at three o'clock, three p.m. to six p.m. So. Important to make clear, though, you're not taking another day off. It's no vacation. Correct. You're working. People can find you. They can use the Odyssey app. They can still find you. They're just going to have to look at another time. This is right. not This is not Sal taking a day off. Correct. I am working, but I'm just not working these normal hours. I know it's been crazy, and who knows if February, you know, with people taking time off, sometimes that happens, and if I have an opportunity. Matter of fact, on Monday, what is today? Today, Well, today's technically Thursday. Monday, I'm going to be in for Keith doing 7 uh, seven p.m. to 12 a.m. And then I think after that, I'll be back on the regular uh, overnight schedule. So I don't know. Just bear with me here. And please follow along when I'm on because I love talking to you. So call me up whenever I'm on and we can discuss things. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Josh is calling from Rockland County. What's up, Josh? Yeah, what's going on, Sal? How are you, Josh? Amazing, great show. Um, just wanted to talk about the Yankees. Um, I want, I don't, I want to see. I think left field should be uh, Stanton half days left field and DH, and the other half like Oswaldo Cabrera or something. No Aaron Judge in left field. Keep him right. He's good there. You know. Yeah, I find it weird that the Yanks are going to do it. Now, look, do we think Judge can handle it left field? Absolutely, I think Judge can handle left field. I just wouldn't be messing around with it. That's not something There's I want. No to do. reason to move him. You have a great right fielder. He's the best right fielder in baseball. Leave him alone. Leave him there. You have a center fielder now in Bader, and then go get a left fielder. Stands I want to see age. no Aaron Hicks. Absolutely no Aaron Hicks. Well, if you don't want to see Aaron Hicks, then you you you. I mean, you you want to see Judge and left. I mean, how would you do it in left field? No Hicks and no Judge. Who are you putting out there? Um, uh, Stanton and Oswaldo Cabrera. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's your only option, but Stanton in left field in Yankee Stadium makes me a little nervous. You know, and Cabrera, is his bat going to play enough every single day to warrant being out there? I don't know. We'll find out. I like Cabrera as more of a utility guy. Um, but uh, I'm with you with Hicks. They're probably going to give him an opportunity. I just find it weird that they would move John, um, move Aaron Judge to accommodate John Carlos Stanton. Oh, my God. Why? Terrible. And it's multiple reasons yeah. why. Because they don't have right. a left fielder, because they feel Stanton's more comfortable in the outfield, and because they want Stanton in the outfield because he feels better about himself, and he's more in a flow in the outfield, and because it opens up the DH spot for where you have DJ LeMayu or whoever else is that eye man out in the infield to get more at-bats. Right, and um, and who do you who do you, how do you think you... What? How do you think the Yankees infield will look next year? On opening 
Um, it's a great question, but I probably think it's going to be chalk. I mean, we don't know, Josh, what's going to happen. And thank you for the call as far as injuries go. Not sure what's going to happen. But let's assume that everybody's healthy. I I think that LeMayu is going to be a guy that is going to be He's got to get at bats, but he's probably going to be the odd man out to start. Now, look, maybe the Yankees trade Glaber Torres. Look, to me, LeMahieu's got to be in the lineup. And if you have him in the lineup at DH, that means Stanton is in the outfield. Again, which is why they're trying to figure it out. I would just put Stanton and left on with you. On days where you want Donaldson and Torres in there, I have to have LeMahieu in there as well. LeMahieu's got to be an everyday player. In my lineup, he's an everyday player. If LeMayu's healthy, he's playing every day. So that means somebody else has to be out. Whether it's Stanton out of the DH spot or Glaber and or Donaldson. One of those guys got to be out. So it's different from what I think is going to happen and what I would do. That's why it's kind of, uh, you know, if it, you're asking me what I would do is I would have, I would cut Josh Donaldson and I'd have LeMayu play third. That's what I would do, and I'd go get a real left fielder and leave Stanton at DH and have John Car- and have uh, Judge in right. But that's me. That's what I would do. Maybe that's not realistic for the Yankees. So what they're going to do? Who the hell knows? Usually these things work themselves out. Whether somebody gets hurt, whatever it may be. But I think the Yankees are going to go with Donaldson as their third baseman. They've told you that. I believe it's going to be Peraza at short. And then it comes down to LeMayu versus Glaber at second base. Hard time benching Glaber, but I, I need LeMayu's bat in there. So then their best team would be with, let's say, Glaber at second, LeMayu at DH. Now, how are you getting Stanton in the outfield? Is he going to play left or right? I mean, there's only two spots. Now you know why we're talking about Judge potentially moving to left field. Brian is calling from Winning River. What's up, Brian? Hey, Sal. How you doing? Uh, long time, first time. All right. Uh, we're about the same age. I'm a big uh, Mets fan, wrestling guy. My shoulder's almost as big as yours. I want to talk a little bit about the Giants. Um, kind of a weird situation pre-agency-wise, but I think ultimately we got to end up with Danny Dimes, um, and we got to end up with him on a long-term contract because if we do a franchise, we're going to be uh, hamstrung with our uh, salary cap. I think... Uh, we gotta we gotta get a long term uh, deal with him, and I think Saquon we gotta let him test the free agency market. I think there's a chance he might come back to us because I don't think he's gonna get what he's looking for. What do you think about that? Maybe I mean that's a possibility where Saquon won't get what he's looking for. I, look, I'm fascinated to see. I want to see Daniel Jones hit the open market. I don't think we're gonna get that. I think the Giants will franchise tag him before that. That's just a guess, but I would love to see Daniel Jones on the open market. If I'm the Giants and Joe Shannon, say, "All right, you think you're going to get? Or you think you're worth forty million bucks? Let's go see what you get, and then they can it's make a decision weird. from there." It's weird though, because it's like it's his turn now, right? Kirk Cousins got overpaid years ago. It's like his turn on the free agency market. I think he'll ultimately get overpaid, whether it's the Giants or another team. But the Giants don't grab him; they're going to be screwed because. We don't have the ammunition to trade up in the draft. We have so many holes. Right, but the Giants aren't really ready to win. And thank you for the call, Brian. Appreciate checking in. They're not ready to win right now anyway. I know that sounds crazy coming off the divisional uh, playoff, uh, divisional round appearance. 
but they're not ready to go out there and win a Super Bowl just yet. So if that's the case, then what's the urgency? Let's just say the Giants lose Daniel Jones for whatever reason. They can't come to an agreement. Jones is is bitter. The Giants say, you know what? We're not going to franchise tag him. Screw it. We'll move on. What, what are the Giants going to fold up? What is it, the end of the world? You don't think the Giants could recover from losing Daniel Jones? Oh, you have to have Daniel Jones to have success? Has to be Daniel Jones? As we welcome in Marco Belletti. Now, we didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday, Marco. So you've heard the latest reports, obviously. Well, you've reported the latest reports. <laughs> every, uh, well, I was going to say every 20 minutes, but it doesn't work like that no, anymore. Not anymore, but, no. Yeah, so what do you think of Daniel Jones? Do you care how much he gets? I mean, it's obviously going to impact the rest of the team. I care to the point of what it does to the salary cap, but I got, I need to see exactly what it is. Because everybody, look, the idea that it's 40 to $45 million, like we could save that number. Patrick Mahomes is $45 million per, right? right? You right. know, he got $29 million towards the cap last year? Right. It's the NFL. It's funny money. So the, it depends on how you finagle it. Like, I'm cool with if you say the average is $40 million per for Daniel Jones, but, but the back-to end is voidable. You can cut him and not have to pay and it. And they maneuver you. And they maneuver year. it. All of a sudden, you're actually worth $28, 29000000 million towards the cap per year and a big, giant signing bonus. And it just... It, it it works its way out through the length of the contract, and you can backload again. The last two years, you can cut him and you don't pay him. So it depends on how it works out. If you're telling me it's all guaranteed money mm. at forty million per, now I got pause. Well, right. You know, like if you can't work the contract out where you can't get some voidable years, or you can't stretch it out where it's not twenty nine, thirty two against the cap, and it's actually forty five, forty four against the yeah, then I got a problem, about, and I think the Giants have a problem. What about Barkley? Barkley is a different story for me. Look, if you can bring him back on a team friendly where it's not going to be. They seem to be at like 12 million, 12 and a half million bucks. Depending on where that counts towards the cap, if it's actually counting towards the cap at 12 million, thank you for your service. Move on. And just go draft the running back. Get get whatever you get. I mean, I hate to say it, and it's not like it's dime a dozen. I know Barkley's good when he's at his best, and I know he provides big time plays mm-hmm. and he bails you out of plays. Bottom line, that can't be twelve million of the cap. You it could, just can't do you it. You could find a running back to give you. You can't justify that kind of money. Maybe different production, but you could find somebody that could give you. And it's not where it's the last piece. You just said, like you know, for them to win a suit, it's not the last piece to get you over the top. Like if if Barkley goes to the Bills, that could be something where I can see they justify and going. Look, I know it's right. a lot of money, but this might be the last piece we need to bring that Super Bowl home. Okay. $12 million towards the cap for the Giants cannot be used for Saquon Barkley. Do you think, because I feel like Dable and Shane even set us up for potential disappointment. You know, you're a Giant fan. You see them go to the division round. The natural thought is, all right, next year, baby, right. championship game, Super right. Bowl. I guarantee you a lot of Giant fans are feeling that. Meanwhile, the schedule is going to be more challenging because you had a more successful year. You know, Daniel Jones, whoever, as far as the cap space goes, is going to be limited to what you can do potentially. Maybe no Barkley here. Uh, obviously, the long way to go before the Eagles and Cowboys. How do you see the Giants next year? What are your expectations for the Giants next year? I guess uh, I would. I mean, I got to see the way the rest of the roster obviously plays out. Uh, to see where they are in certain spots, but I still feel like they're building on the ground level. They had an amazing first year, but they still need to fix the center guard center aspect of their offensive line. That's still got problems. They have zero weapons on the outside. They can mask some of this stuff through good coaching, but you can't do it every year. So I need to see more talent. You bring a lot more talent, I can see a 10-win season. Right. You bring roughly this same roster back, I'm sorry, they're a 7-win team. Right. And that's just and that's okay as long as they're going in the right direction. I don't know if wins are going to be the same thing as last year because a lot of things fell right and a lot of things really just kind of 
you know, played out perfectly. But you can't tell me Isaiah Hodgins as your number one receiver with the offensive line that they had and with the defense that the numbers or whatever. You tell me this exact same team comes back and they're nine wins, ten wins. I don't buy it. Would you be okay if the Giants moved on from Daniel Jones? I would be disappointed because I feel like it sets them back again. And I feel like once you get a quarterback, you want to do everything you can to hold on to it and to keep moving forward, like right. I said. And that's going to make year two of this Dable uh, regime re- really suffer. That said, and again, at $45 million per where it actually counts towards the cap, tough. You need to move on. Mm-hmm. But I find it hard to believe that the Giants can't figure out a way to get it done. I think they will, too. I was just curious. Where it counts towards 30. We're at a spot where it feels like, oh, he can't lose Daniel Jones. I have to go get Daniel Jones. Like, all right, so what? Big deal. What if he What if he went somewhere else? And what do you think Daniel Jones is going to get? You think he'd get that on the open market? He might. That's the problem. $40 million a year? No Again, funny money, money, though. It's funny money. It's not $40 million exactly Still per. for him? Guaranteed money? Oh, no. But do, look, I would look at it on the other side of the field, and on the other side of town, I would say. If the Jets... Fall at they don't get they don't get Aaron Rodgers right Rodgers stays in Green Bay or yeah. goes wherever Derek Carr decides to sign with the Saints if you're a Jet you want Daniel Jones you want Jimmy Garoppolo well, I, I think they want Ryan Tannehill I mean <laughs> the Jets. I don't buy that I if the if, if Daniel Jones is on the open market the Jets would make a big giant play and justifiable if they don't get their top guy if Daniel Jones is worth and again funny money whatever let's just say all things equal right. funny money real money if Daniel Jones is worth forty million what's Lamar Jackson worth. Again, this market is stupid. I know, but uh, so what's... 46. Get out of here! You think he's only that much better? How much more is he going to get? I, well, I didn't say he get? was better. Again, it's, you're talking about guaranteed money. I don't think it'll go that much further than that. Lamar Aaron Jackson, Rogers, if Joe's getting 40, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm saying, this guy's getting 40, I better be getting 60. Yeah, but see, that's... At least. Th- but Aaron Rodgers at the top of that scale at 50. So nobody's going to reset and it's that. Also about, I know it's about the guaranteed money and all that stuff, right. too. But, but yeah. again, it's it's top of the line. So if you're talking top is, four, is 50... What's next after 50? It's Kyler Murray at 46, right? Well, Rodgers is going to get 59, whatever it is, right? Oh, 60, yeah. I should say. Yeah, yeah right. for Rodgers. Fine. After that, it's I think it's Kyler Murray at 46. Yeah. That's a disgrace, but that's the market. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That's why the market is funny where you can have guys that don't belong there. They just happen to get the contract at the right time, and then other people will pass them. Because as soon as these contracts get signed, who's the guy that's right behind it? Joe Burrow, and he'll reset the whole damn market. And all of a sudden, when Joe Burrow is making $54 million, you go, you know what? 38 for Daniel Jones isn't that bad. Yeah, and Deshaun Watson, Fleegs is saying it's $55 million next year, his cap hit, as that goes into uh, his contract there, comes into play. Yeah, he's just under $55 million. Dak is just under fifty. Oh, and again, Dak. Yeah, well, he's a good example. He's a good comparison. And, and again, that's still the same concept, though, when you have to sign them. But the other thing, you Daniel hope Jones... that three years down the road, if they get better, it's not that bad. Jones had one good year. I agree. And like I said, if you can get it at 37, 30, I'm even willing if you say 40, again, as long as it doesn't count towards real 40 towards the cap, I'm listening. You're talking real guaranteed money where it's five years, $200 million, all guaranteed. Then the hell with that, and you can move on. But you do set your franchise back because now you supposedly found a quarterback that everybody liked, including the coach, because Dable really liked Jones by the end of the year. And, and they I took the training wheels off. Uh, I also think he's a product of Jones, of uh, Dable. Right, and they took the training wheels off. Little by little, they gave him more and more to do as the year went on. By the end of the year, you saw Jones was really the architect of that entire offense. Now, Grant, part of it's because they had no weapons other than Barkley, no, but he was still putting more on him, and he was he was flourishing. He was getting better.
I, I think they want to move on. They just don't want to do it at a ridiculous rate. It's like you know what behind you, you know what you see here behind door number one. You know what you want to keep that, or do you want to find out what's behind door number three? I'm like, eh, I think I want to see what's behind door number three. Here's the thing for the Giants, and I think I can open up the mystery box a little bit. They can't get anybody in the draft, right? Because their 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 pick is not that good. Still, you could find somebody. I mean, in you, the you, draft. Well, why not? You don't have to find. You don't have to have a top pick. What does that guarantee? So now, so now we're looking at a third round quarterback possibly being your quarterback for next year. No, what you would do is draft somebody that you like in the draft if you like him and go get a veteran quarterback at a cheap. So Tyrod Taylor is your quarterback next right, year, exactly. Somebody so you like basically that. punt on an entire year. No, but they're not going to be good enough to win anyway, and that's kind of my point. If you fill a couple of holes with the rest of that roster, they can beat ten wins. Mm. That, again, that's why I don't think it's that far off. Fleegs, what game do you want to have us play on the other side here? I'm looking at this list. I wonder how many of like the top 10 quarterback cap hits you guys could guess. All right, let's get updated right now from Marco, and then we have some time on the other side, Marco? Sure. To, okay. yeah, I can tell. All right, we'll get you updated right now with Marco Belletti. Come back with a little fun game of uh, Guess Who, I guess, here on, uh, on the Salicana Show. All right, Marco, go ahead. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.